Welcome into Lockdown Blackhawks. Today is Monday, August 24th, 2020. I am your host, Jack Bushman, tuning in for the 197th episode of Lockdown Blackhawks. As always, be sure to subscribe to the podcast for free wherever you may listen to your podcast, whether that be through Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, etc. And you'll be able to get the latest episode as soon as it comes out each day, so please be sure to go do that. Also, please go follow our Twitter page, which can be found at capital L, capital O, underscore Blackhawks, with some really good stuff being posted there every day. All right, ladies and gentlemen, to kick off the show today, let's talk about what went down in the Stanley Cup playoffs over the weekend. Starting on Friday night, we saw the first round come to an end as both the Philadelphia Flyers and Vancouver Canucks were able to close out their series in Game 6. The Flyers won 3-2 to two against the Montreal Canadiens. Montreal put up a real good fight in the series. They were the 24th and final team to sneak into these playoffs because of the COVID-19 situation. And they certainly made the most of their opportunity. They were right there against the top-seeded Flyers. Two Carter Hart shutouts in the series and then a one-goal loss in Game 6. They also had a dominant 5 nothing win in this series. Uh, and in Game 6, they they nearly doubled the Philadelphia Flyers' shots on goal. The total was 33-17. to So... Price just couldn't get a couple of stops that they needed early on, and that unfortunately cost them. They weren't able to get back into that game or score a goal in the third period. Um, But how about Nick Suzuki, the rookie for Montreal? He is a stud. Scored both goals uh, for Montreal in Game 6, and he finished with four total on the postseason. He's going to be a star for them, I really feel. Uh, He's a former first-round pick of the Vegas Golden Knights, but came to Montreal as part of the Max Pacioretty trade, he had a really impressive postseason run. And if I were Montreal or a fan of the Canadians, I would definitely feel a lot better about the future of this team going into the offseason uh, than I would have if the season just played out as normal because there was no way Montreal was going to make the playoffs initially. And then, bam, COVID happens and everything because of that. They end up making it, and they actually upset the five-seeded Pittsburgh Penguins in the qualifying round, just like the Blackhawks did, the 12-5 upset. And Montreal nearly clawed their way past Philadelphia as well. So good stuff from the Canadians, but sadly their luck just kind of ran out on Friday night. They're now in off-season mode, just like our Blackhawks. Uh, Then the Vancouver Canucks, how about it? They defeat the defending Stanley Cup champion St. Louis Blues 6-2, a dominant performance on Friday night to take the series. Uh, And the Blues in that game and really throughout the playoffs, they just didn't look all that comfortable. Uh, Kind of a completely different team. Didn't really have any leads throughout the playoffs. They've lost their first six games, I believe. Yeah, they lost all three. I've talked about this a couple times. They lost three, all three of the round-robin games. They lost the exhibition to the Blackhawks, and then they dropped the opening two to the Canucks. And a lot of that was because of Jordan Bennington and that. I can't lie. He did not look very good in the postseason. He was pulled in game six after allowing four goals, three in like a five-minute span in the second period. And he actually went 0-5 in these playoffs. So for the Blues, that's a bit of a concern there. Jake Allen was in net for the Game 3 and Game 4 victories. And if you told 
Blues fans a year ago, I was telling my buddy this who's a Blues fan. I was like, if you, if I were to tell you a year ago that, or yeah, if I were to tell you a year ago that <clears throat> a year from now, Jake Allen's going to be the guy that you guys are looking to uh, get a victory from in that in the next year's playoffs, they'd be beyond upset with that. And Jordan Bennington, as I said, a man that was so good a year ago, and he didn't have a bad regular season either, but just looked like a completely different goaltender in these playoffs. And I also have to mention that Vladimir Tarasenko is scheduled for his third surgery on the same shoulder. Uh, That was the injury that, of course, cost him the majority of this regular season. Uh, He did return here in these playoffs, but didn't look the same, and obviously re-aggravated that injury. And and St. Louis and their fans, they're really worried about Tarasenko's future, and rightfully so. Three surgeries on the same shoulder. Uh, and they didn't get the bounce back they were looking for from him in these playoffs. And with the 2020-2021 regular season scheduled for December 1st, there's worries that he'll, he won't be ready to go by opening night. And even there's talks about his career being in jeopardy right now. I'm not sure how serious those talks are, but um, definitely something to keep an eye on for the Blues now that they're in offseason mode as well. But let's talk about Vancouver for a second here. <laughs> my oh my. Uh, what an outing here in Game 5 and throughout the series, really, throughout these playoffs, actually. They fought really hard, and they always seemed to score the next big goal. They'd never really let St. Louis get the momentum, and they have loads of young talent on their roster. They've been compared to the Blackhawks from 2009 with all the young young players they had. They got Quinn Hughes, Elias Patterson, Brock Besser, Bo Horvat. And they also, they've been getting some really good play from their depth players right now. Jay Beagle and Antoine Roussel, they both scored goals in Game 6. And then Tyler Mott continues to have one hell of a postseason. Another two-goal performance on Friday in Game 6, including the empty netter to uh, seal the deal. And a, a depth piece the Blackhawks surely could use in their bottom six right now. And to make matters worse... Stan threw him in as a sweetener in the Artemi Panarin trade. So not only did we trade Artemi Panarin for Brandon Saad, but we also got rid of Tyler Mott in that deal as well. He He's still only 25 years old, so I feel like Stan and the Blackhawks quit on him entirely too soon. And that's been kind of a, a theme and a problem with this front office in the last couple of years. They've been so quick to ship guys out of town when things aren't working right off the bat. And I know this is an organization and a fan base that's used to winning and everyone wants to win right now. But at the same time, you have to have that patience with these young kids. And we've moved on from too many in the past because guys at 21, 22, 23 years old, they're not handling NHL speed too well. And that should kind of be expected. Not every young kid is going to be a superstar the first time he steps on that ice. So going forward, I would really like to see the Hawks let their young guys gain experience and go through their hardships like Doc did in the regular season and Boquist in the playoffs. Those struggles to me are fine. I know it's upsetting that it's costing the Blackhawks right now, but you have to realize two things. One, this team is not in a position to compete for the Stanley Cup. As much as some fans would like to think that anything can happen or whatever in the playoffs. And that, that is true, but this team simply doesn't have that it factor that a lot of the top teams do. And we saw it in the first round against Vegas. We just did not match up well with that kind of team at the moment. 
And the second thing is, giving these young guys playoff experience and major roles right now is only going to help them develop down the road. I talk about it a lot on the podcast, but I really do believe in learning the hard way. Sometimes the best thing for a young team is to lose. Sometimes you need to you need to lose to learn how to win. And that's I know that's frustrating to hear, but that's kind of the setting the Hawks are in right now. They're not a team that's going to win the Stanley Cup, so let these young guys learn now so when they are a competitive team and how any however many years down the road, they're ready for those opportunities and will only thrive in the clutch situations because they've been there and done that already in their career. That should only give them a leg up on the competition whenever the time comes. So that's kind of <laughs> a sidetrack a little bit I got off on where the Blackhawks need to be and the mentality they need to have with their young players in the next couple of years. But going back to the Stanley Cup playoffs, we now have all of our second round matchups set and we've already seen game one happen in three of the four series actually but starting out in the western conference we have the number one seed vegas golden knights against the fifth seeded vancouver canucks i had the hawks winning the first round series like the loyal dummy that i am so i did not have this matchup correct i had vancouver beating st louis uh, but i had them facing dallas in the second round And in game one of the series, which was last night, it was a slaughter by the Golden Knights. They won five to nothing. It was quite the showing. And if you didn't hear over the weekend, Alan Walsh, who is Marc Andre Fleury's agent, he (laughs) took the time to tweet out a picture of Fleury and Net for Vegas, clearly wearing his Vegas gear. Uh, But he was being stabbed by a a sword from behind with uh, the name DeBoer clearly shown on the blade to symbolize that Fleury has been stabbed in the back by head coach Peter DeBoer. What a thing to tweet out when your team's in the middle of a pretty successful playoff run, eh? Uh, An absolutely baffling move by Alan Walsh. A total bonehead in the industry, if you know anything about him. And Fleury had to talk with the team over the weekend about the situation. And apparently it wasn't much of a distraction as the team posted a 5 nothing shutout. And Robin Leonard, he was in net, continuing to do his thing. A 26-save shutout in Game 1. Let's get it straight. He's earned that starting job for Vegas. He wasn't handed anything. He's just been their best goaltender since they acquired him. There's no reason to think that Peter DeBoer is stabbing Flurry in the back. He's simply doing his job well and riding the hot hand, which is what any coach would do in that situation with two Stanley Cup caliber netminders. I, I don't know what more you want out of Peter DeBoer at this point. He played Flurry in the back-to-back against the Blackhawks, which was the right call. He played him on the front end with his team ahead 2 to nothing. That was the right call, and Flurry did play well, but in the two previous games, Robin didn't do anything to lose that starting job, and then he played well in Game 4, a one bad goal, but it was a 2-1 to loss in which Vegas was by far the better team. And then he closes it out playing well. And in game one here, he showed why he's the starter right now. A 26-save shutout. I know he doesn't face a lot of quality save opportunities. His defense in front of him is pretty good, but he's doing his job. And that's what all, you know, you can't be mad when Peter DeBoer is playing him and he's playing this well. You can't, like, you can't mess up a good thing. There's no reason to fix what isn't broken. So, he, Peter DeBoer, keep doing your thing. He's He's got his team playing really well right now, and 
it was sad to see Colin, or not Colin, Alan Walsh provide that distraction over the weekend. I got a buddy, Colin Walsh, if he happens to be tuning in. Shout out to you, Colin Walsh. Um, but going back to the Western Conference playoffs, the other first-round series is between the two-seeded Colorado Avalanche and three-seeded Dallas Stars. I had both these teams meeting in the Western Conference Finals in my playoff bracket, but here they are in the second round. I had Colorado in six games to move on to the Stanley Cup, but I guess I'll just translate that over to the second round. And this was a really fun game. What a what a win by the Dallas Stars, an upsetting 5-3 victory on Saturday in Game 1. It was a battle of the superstars here. Jamie Benn and Alex Radulov really were on their A game. They had three points. Tyler Sagan also had two. And then for Colorado, Nathan McKinnon had two goals and an assist. Gabriel Landeskog had a goal and an assist. It was just a fun game to watch, but quite an impressive victory by the Stars. I do still think that Colorado will take the series. They're just loaded everywhere. They're a little weak in net, but they're they're just too good, I think, up front and on defense for Dallas to match up with that offense. But Dallas has Dallas they they have the team to pull off an upset here. They have a really good roster that not a lot of people are talking about right now, but they can hang with the best of them in the entire in the entire league. So look out for them against <clears throat> the Colorado Avalanche in this series. They have a one nothing lead so far. A big game two coming up tonight at eight forty five Central Time. All right, coming up in just a minute, I am going to talk about the second round Stanley Cup playoff matchups in the Eastern Conference. But first, I need to talk to you about Roman. Roman handles everything from treatment to delivery of brand name ED medication. Genuine, doctor-prescribed medication from U.S. licensed physicians. Go to GetRoman.com slash LockedOnNHL today, and if approved, you'll get $15 off your first order of ED treatment. Roman can be prescribed online and delivered right to your front door, so be sure to go to GetRoman.com slash LockedOnNHL today, and if you're approved, you'll get $15 off your first order of ED treatment from U.S. licensed physicians. I also need to talk to you about DoorDash, the best place to order your food you love online or through the DoorDash app. DoorDash has all your favorite eats near you for delivery and pickup with real-time order updates, contact-free delivery, and loads of restaurant reviews from other users. Right now, our listeners can get $5 off and zero delivery fees on their first order of $15 or more when they download the DoorDash app and enter the code LOCKDOWNNHL in all caps. Once again, DoorDash is the best place to order your favorite food online or through the app for order delivery or pickup. And if you use the promo code LOCKDOWNNHL in all caps, you can get $5 off and zero delivery fees on your first order of $15 or more when you download the DoorDash app. Locked On Blackhawks podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks for listening today. I am your host, Jack Bushman. Be sure to check out my personal Twitter page, at JackBushman2, and my Blackhawks Twitter page, at TalkinHockey, for all the latest Blackhawks news and updates. Also, be sure to subscribe and follow Locked On Blackhawks for free wherever you may listen to your podcast and also on Twitter to get the latest episode as soon as it comes out each day. So we just finished talking about the second round Stanley Cup playoff matchups out in the Western Conference. Taking a look at the Eastern Conference now, 
we have the number one seed Philadelphia Flyers facing off against the six-seeded New York Islanders. And I think this is going to be a really fun matchup here. Philadelphia didn't quite jump on Montreal like a lot of people thought they were going to. But regardless, they still came out with the series win in six games. I I had them getting it done in five in my bracket, so it took them an extra game to get the job done, but they still uh, got the series win, and here they are in the second round. And then the Islanders, they just got done taking it to the Washington Capitals, beat them in just five games with a 4-1 to series victory. Head coach Barry Trotz defeating his former team, and he's got his boys playing really well right now heading into this second-round matchup. I had these two meeting up in my bracket, a little two to my own horn, and I had the Flyers winning in seven games. But knowing everything I do now, I kind of like the Islanders in this matchup. They're getting some great play from Matt Barzell, Anthony Beauvillier, and their top two forward lines, and they just continue to play stellar defense as a team, and Simeon Varlamov is performing well in net right now too, so I think the Islanders, they have the overall team makeup to take this series and advance to the conference finals, and game one starts tonight at 6 p.m. Central Time, that's a big first game between these two, and I think this series is one that could go the distance with two well-rounded bunches facing off here. The second playoff series out east is between the Tampa Bay Lightning and the Boston Bruins. Tampa Bay made quick work of the Columbus Blue Jackets in the first round, and then Boston closed out their series against Carolina on a strong foot. That series was kind of never the same after Sebastian Ajo got hurt. But Boston took advantage, and both teams here kind of have some momentum heading into the series. And these are two groups that are legitimate Stanley Cup contenders, two heavyweights in fact. And whenever these these two teams face off in the postseason, I always feel like it's a really hard-fought and tremendous battle. And Game 1 was an example of that. It was a close game that came down to the wire. Boston did grab a 3-0 lead, but it wasn't that comfortable of a 3-0 lead with Tampa Bay's offense. They're never out of any game. And, of course, they climbed back for two goals down the stretch to make this thing close. Boston was able to hold on for the 3-2 win. That's a big first game there for the Bruins. They didn't have the matchup advantages. They were technically the road team in this one. Uh, I think a lot of people, including myself, were worried about the Bruins after going winless in the round robin. That's kind of why I chose the Hurricanes. I thought the Hurricanes had a little pep in their step and were a good team to pull off an upset in the first round. But as I said, Sebastian Ajo got hurt, and that really changed the tides of that series. But Boston took advantage of that. They got a big comeback win in Game 4 and then Game 5. I believe it was Game 4. And then they close the series out with a couple of wins in a row. And then they come out and take game one against a really strong team in the Tampa Bay Lightning. And and this is a team in Boston that's always been able to bounce back and climb the hurdles. and They just handle adversity so well. And they'll need to continue to do that throughout the postseason run without Tuka Rask in that. Because they have to go with Yaroslav Halak... I personally do think that the Lightning will find a way to win this series. I have them going all the way, so that's kind of why I feel that as well. But I swear, Tampa Bay, they can never get past Boston in the playoffs. So I think this time around, they get that job done, and that gets some wind in their sails. 
they're feeling good as a team. The confidence rides high, and kind of like when Washington was finally able to get over the hump and defeat the Pittsburgh Penguins, I think that same kind of thing happens with the Tampa Bay Lightning in this postseason. I think they finally get past the heavyweight Boston Bruins, and that will carry them all the way to the Stanley Cup. But in order to do so, I, I think they got to win this second game coming up on Tuesday night. Going down 2-0 to an experienced team like the Bruins when they have the matchup advantages coming up in the next couple of games, that would be a mistake for the Tampa Bay Lightning. So in order for them to get back on track and get back to where I want them to be, they're going to have to come out on Tuesday with a better effort in order to come out with a victory. Alright, so I think that takes care of all the latest Stanley Cup playoff news that I wanted to talk about from over the weekend. Now it's time to move on to our new Daily Blackhawks 2020 postseason recap segment here on the podcast, where I recap one player's Stanley Cup playoffs and talk about how they fared during the Blackhawks' short playoff run. But first, I need to talk to you about Built Bar, which is the protein bar that tastes just like a candy bar. Built Bar is back, and they now have 18 flavors. Six of them are new, the six new flavors being Caramel Brownie, Cookies and Cream, Cherry Barcia, Lemon Almond Cheesecake, Carrot Cake, and Apple Almond Crisp, all of which, like the other 12 flavors, are covered in 100% real chocolate, soft, easy to chew, and great for the keto diet. Not only are all the bars low-calorie and low-sugar, but they are also a great source for protein and fiber. So be sure to go to BuiltBar.com today and use the promo code LOCKDOWN in all caps to get $10 off your first order. Built Bar is also currently giving away a free cooler with every purchase, so now is the time to pull the trigger for the best protein bar on the market. One more time, be sure to check out BuiltBar.com for a delicious and healthy snack option, and be sure to use the promo code LOCKDOWN in all caps for $10 off your first Built Bar order. Lockdown Blackhawks podcast. As always, I am your host, Jack Bushman. You can reach me on Twitter at JackBushman2 or at Talkin' Hockey, or you can also always email the Lockdown Blackhawks email, which is LockdownBlackhawks at gmail.com for any questions you have about the show, myself, or anything that has to do with the remainder of the Stanley Cup playoffs. Okay, so we just wrapped up talking about the second round playoff matchups out in the Eastern Conference. Now it's time for our new Blackhawks 2020 postseason recap segment, with today's feature being 37-year-old alternate captain Duncan Keith. So Keith, as expected, was the anchor on defense for the Blackhawks in this postseason as he played in all nine games on the team's top defensive pairing while mostly playing alongside rookie Adam Boquist. Keith started off the playoffs on a good foot. He had himself a vintage qualifying round against the Edmonton Oilers as he was one of the Hawks' most effective players on both sides of the puck, finishing with four assists in the four games while averaging well over 25 minutes per night, which is just incredible for his age. 
I also need to mention how good defensively Keith was throughout the series, and especially in Game 4 against the Oilers to close out the series. He played nearly half the game. He was up over 28 minutes that night, and he also picked up a primary assist and just played tremendous in front of Crawford, making a ton of great play, uh, great plays Excuse me, to keep the puck out of harm's way. He saved a goal or two, I believe. And I'm not sure the Blackhawks are able to win that series without Duncan Keith's performance. He was, as I said, one of the team's best players. And to me, that's the reason why the Hawks were able to move on. I talked a lot during this postseason run how Crawford and Keith needed to be two of the Hawks' better players, if not their two best. And in the qualifying round against the five-seeded Oilers, Duncan Keith was just that for his team. The series against Vegas, though, was a little different. It was not a good one for Keith. He only recorded one assist in the five games, and he was also a minus six, and made a couple of mistakes that led directly to the puck going into the back of his net. And I don't want to sound like I'm bashing Keith or anything, because uh, against a really good team like the Golden Knights, he was obviously not going to have the best numbers. He plays a ton of ice time, and he's on one of the worst defensive groups in the league. So we knew the plus-minus and possession numbers probably weren't going to be good, especially when he's paired up with Boquist. But what was concerning to me was his decision-making. In both games one and two of the series, Keith made two terrible decisions that cost his team a goal. And in game one, he was also a minus four. He was on the ice for all four Vegas goals in that game. So while I don't really want to blame Keith or anything, he was just obviously not the same player that he was in the qualifying round. But I'm sure a lot of that has to do with the higher quality opponent that the Blackhawks were facing. Still though, This is Duncan Keith we're talking about here. I can't bash on the guy too much because you know he gave it his all for his team. He he just is not in a good position to succeed right now on the top defensive pairing with a 20-year-old. Considering all this, I am going to give Duncan Keith a flat B for his performance for the Blackhawks this postseason. As I said, I don't think they get past Edmonton without him, but in the second round against Vegas... He was a minus four in game one. He was a minus two in games three and five on the ice for a lot of goals for, and he didn't really help his team create any opportunities. So I think a B for the amount of ice time and the role that Duncan Keith played for the Blackhawks this postseason is beyond fair. In total, Keith finished with no goals and five assists for five points in nine games with a minus seven plus minus rating while averaging 25 minutes and 27 seconds per game. One area where I would like to see Keith improve going forward is in the shots on goal department, as he finished with just 10 shots on goal in the nine playoff games. While I know that Keith is going to decline offensively with his age, I still feel like he's passing up on way too many shooting opportunities, and he still tries to make the cute play more often than not by making the extra pass, turning down a one-timer, trying to bank the puck to the front of the net, etc., And that's just not the mentality we want with a young team right now. So I would love to see Keith lead by example for these young defensemen that are coming up in the system and fire more pucks towards the net in the future. The Blackhawks need to do a better job job of that as a team going forward as well. 
Alright, so I think that is going to wrap up Duncan Keith's 2020 postseason recap and Monday, August 24th episode of Lockdown Blackhawks. Thank you again for tuning into the show, and be sure to subscribe and follow the Lockdown Blackhawks podcast for free right now on your favorite podcast app, and you'll get the latest episode as soon as it comes out every day. And after the show, ask your smart device to play the Lockdown NHL podcast for all the latest news from all the teams remaining in the second round of the 2020 postseason. Thank you again for tuning into today's episode. I am your host, Jack Bushman. You can catch me on Twitter at my personal account, at JackBushman2, or my Blackhawks account, at TalkinHockey, for all the latest Blackhawks news and updates. For any questions at all regarding anything related to the Lockdown Blackhawks podcast, you can always email LockdownBlackhawks at gmail.com or call 708-653-0572 to leave a voicemail. So until tomorrow's episode, thanks again for listening to the Lockdown Blackhawks podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day.